You're listening to Monster Riff Presents with your host, Monster Riff editor, Pat Schober. And now, here's Pat. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Monster Riff Presents brought to you by MonsterRiff.com, the search for the ultimate riff. As always, I'm your host, Pat Schober, and with me today is a very special guest, the drumming powerhouse behind We Hunt Buffalo, Brandon Carter. Brandon, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me, man. Am I a special breast? I kind of like that that title. <laughs> the special breast, yeah. Super happy to have you on the show. For context for everybody listening, the way I uh, kind of queued this up with We Hunt Buffalo was during the, the Spotify wrapped for for last year i was i think in the band's top 0.0001% of listeners no way oh it's so awesome I, <laughs> I sent that over and i was like hey guys maybe it's time for an interview uh and they very graciously reached out within i think a few hours uh so it's great to have you on the show i'm just a big 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 fan um cool, glad to hear it <laughs> yeah yeah so selfishly, it's great to have you on the show. A Living Ghost, for the record, is is one of my favorite albums of all time. Hey, man, thank you. So to, to kind of yeah yeah totally. So to kind of cue into this this first question here, with Living Ghost kind of as a starting point, what I what I like about that album just on a surface level is the uh, the depth of emotion that that kind of runs through. You have some really high highs, some really low lows. And then you just have just like hard rock and roll in between. Um, at this time in, in 2022, we're six, seven years removed from Living Ghost. How would you kind of define the band's sound at this time? At this time? Well, I feel like every time we get together and try to like create new music, it always starts with like a jam, like it'll just be an endless jam. Playing with Ryan Cliff is they're the best dudes to play with because we can jam like endlessly, like seemingly mm-hmm. endlessly. And a lot of songs will come from little snippets, but more often than not, when we're jamming, it'll just just go, like I say, seemingly endlessly. And we sort of dip in and out of all sorts of genres, not all sorts. I mean, we stick to, you know, the more stonery, psychedelic, but I feel like the last record, Head Smash In, from that record to now, we've been pushing it like a little bit slower tempo. And I mean, it, it, it hasn't always, I mean, it didn't, a lot of the doomier kind of stuff, slower tempo stuff didn't make it to, uh, head smashed in but we're always trying it you know i feel like like that's one one avenue we kind of want to it feels like we want to explore but like as far as sticking to any one particular sound i don't know i think we just we're just always pushing for that sonic wall you know mm-hmm. that's from from ryan mainly because you know there's layered guitars and uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it's it's hard to say what our our sound is now. And I've never really thought that we were like a stoner rock band. Uh, I never thought we were like a psych band. I always kind of just thought we were just like a really thick 
heavy, solid three piece, just kind of doing it. Yeah. (laughs) It's hard to describe, I guess. Sometimes you just like create something and you have to let the critics or even like your fans kind of pigeonhole you somewhere. And that stoner rock umbrella is such a convenient umbrella because it covers so much sound that it's, it's easy yeah. to talk. It's easy to toss a lot of bands underneath there. Totally. And I feel like it, it's definitely thrown around a bit too much. Oh yeah. I don't know, man. Our, our sound is developed in the same way we live our, our lives. It's everything is very chill. Everything is very, you know, if we like it, we roll with it. There, there are a couple of different avenues I want to jump down from this because I think what you're what you're leaning at here is that the the sound of the band has kind of evolved over time as as you've progressed through your own lives. And what I'm kind of hearing as a fan, um, I think I think you kind of hit it on the head because I think as the band matures, you hear more and more of those doom elements. And like Heavy Low, for example, has a lot of those elements there. It's just, it comes off more on like the stoner side than the doom side, but like, it's still super heavy. It's a little sludgy. It's a little slower. Sludgy is a word that I I actually do like. Oh, perfect. To use to describe us. In the early years of We Hunt Buffalo, uh, people would ask us like, you know, what what kind of music, what, what genre? And it took us a long time to, like, to pick what we were going to say. And mm-hmm. we stuck with, um, oh, shit, what did we always say? Um, psychedelic stoner rock. And I, I, I still think that's probably the best way, the best genre to describe us. But at the same time, it's like, we, we, don't, we don't shoot for that, you know? We, yeah. we just kind of, we know the sound that we like. We have all the same... Uh, favorite bands the same influences and those all definitely show with what we create but we're not we're not like aiming to be a stoner band we're not aiming to be a psych band we're just Mm -hmm. you know but it it is fun though when we do go outside of what we've already done and like like i say with something like doom or like like some sort of stoner metal kind of variation you know there's and so many subgenres. It's so crazy. It's like yeah. I mean, for a while, I think you guys were pushing like the like the heavy fuzz title or descriptor for a long time, and like that's fitting. But you're right. Like it it only goes so far, and it only covers so much sound. But totally, totally. you guys have always been good about experimenting a little bit. I mean, one of your your biggest songs is the cover of 21st Century Suicide yeah. Man, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a crazy one, man. Like that was our first million plays on Spotify. Yeah. Ugh, I mean, like that tune, uh, that's probably my favorite song to play live. Mm-hmm. Mainly because when we reach the the bridge section, about three quarters of the way through, it sort of falls into uh me and like allows me to, you know, get a little nuts with it. Yeah. And and sometimes like when we're playing live, um, yeah, I'll just go nuts. And the guys <laughs> will look at me for the cue of like, okay, is he done yet? You know, and, and we're pretty good with the cues. I mean, we've been doing it a long time. And it'll right. be like a look over to Ryan, like, okay, here we go. I'm going to, I'm going to stop now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's a really fun one to play. And I mean, that's like progressive 
progressive metal would you classify it as yeah yeah that's uh, the original is one of my favorite tunes of all time like hands down yeah it's masterpiece I, have you i don't think you've included any other covers on any of your other albums have you no no how did how did that song specifically get onto that that record uh ryan just one day was like hey check this out here's here's the riff and he ryan's like virtuoso with things he he he, he once he learns a little bit of it it's inevitable that very quickly he's gonna learn the whole thing i think it's sort of like a ocd thing with him like he's got to learn it but he's so damn good it's not much effort involved right but but yeah ryan just literally one day was like check it out and we were like obviously we're going to cover this song now (laughs) and and yeah i think i'd like to think uh that the boys really enjoy playing that one too like it's it's a great song to play live yeah, it it's, really such a, it's such a fun song too. Even just from I mean, it's, it's timeless. Yeah. It's timeless. Yeah, and it's one of those. It's one of those like obscure. I mean, obscure. I use in quotations as um, Crimson is an obscure band, but they're one of those like monumental, monomythic, or mm-hmm. whatever the hell you know. It's a band that everyone knows is weird, but everyone knows it still. So. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's reached a pretty damn good audience. We've, we've, we're well over a million plays. <laughs> right, right. Um, so we, we talked a little bit there about, about your live shows, and I wanted to tap into that a little bit because you're, for people who've, who've been to your live shows, they're kind of legendary. I mean, you have a reputation for being super loud, uh, for, for being loud, especially for just a three-piece. Uh, mm-hmm. How do you guys approach live shows to, to be bigger than you actually are? Because like I've, I've seen, I haven't been to one of your live shows yet. I've seen some of like the footage and um, it is, I mean, like there's a difference between like seeing a four or five piece on stage versus like a three piece because you've got like a guy behind the kit and you've got a guy on either end and then it's just a lot of empty space. Um, so yeah. it, you yeah. really have to bring your A game to a show like that, right? Well, okay. So that wall sound comes from Ryan's pedals and Ryan's masterful foot and hand work mm-hmm. looping shit. And like Ryan doesn't quantize anything, which uh, it's pretty funny when you talk to other guitar players and just like, what the hell? Like, why, why wouldn't you? <laughs> but it's just something we've never really done. Uh, so Ryan has to stay pretty stationary. And I mean, obviously he's got to sing. So, and we wouldn't wear headsets cause that's just weird. <laughs> but um but yeah i mean a lot of um the you know the i want to say generic but the you know a lot of the headbanging uh running around the stage is cliff because he's got to kind of cover all that ground while ryan's up there but yeah i mean musically from the approach that we take for live shows you know it's not much more different than how we just play the songs when we rehearse them uh and it's funny i've always wanted to build a a set that that's you know how do i describe from the very beginning to the very end someone is always playing you know mm-hmm. almost like a like a dj set where everything just kind of molds in together and i mean I we haven't really put in the effort to to accomplish that and and maybe one day we will who knows 
but usually we'll we'll pick a set we'll pick uh you know it depends on the venue who we're playing with uh you know how big the room is uh how many people are there <laughs> but it'll be like super heavy set or heavy set or like in between or like a super psyched out weird crazy set um we'll definitely pick out moments where it's like okay we're gonna get weird as shit here you know we'll extend this we'll you know expand on whatever you know sonically but yeah i mean for the most part we just play them like like you hear them on the albums Mm -hmm. for the most part for the most part what do you want your drums to sound like oh man that's a million dollar question uh we first we we did our first record um i was obsessed with queens and i wanted my drums to sound like the drums on songs from the deaf that was like I didn't I didn't care if the song sucked as long as my <laughs> drums sounded like that. And uh yeah, I definitely didn't have the kit that would accomplish that sound. I just I, I think our first record I used my uh my Ferrari Red Tempest fiberglass kit, which is a very loud kit, but doesn't quite sound like that it, to me iconic drum sound of songs for the deaf and the mm-hmm. snare drum is, is the crucial one right yeah but yeah i mean as as we moved along i was kind of stuck with that bottom sort of sound i mean it's it's timeless yeah uh especially i mean i always record with a 24 inch kick always got to be a you know big boomy loud and it's i, I our music fits well with that sound of of drums you know yeah for sure Today, uh, I know you said earlier on you're trying to, to capture that like songs for the deaf sound. Um, is there like an album or an artist that you tried to aspire to or try to like emulate in any way? Uh, I've gone down the rabbit hole of uh, animals as leaders in the last like little short, short little bit. I've always been a big fan. I've always been a fan, but um, the latest. Um, Matt Garska, their, their drummer, the latest videos that he's dropped, like Monomyth, if no one's seen that, like, holy shit, drop everything except for this podcast <laughs> and watch that shit because it's the guy's insane. He's absolutely insane. So as far as drummers to aspire to, that's the guy. I mean, if the amount of time that I put into practice, which I mean, I put in a fair bit. I think I'd be about 150 years old before I can get half <laughs> as good as that guy. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I, 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 I'm not going to say I'm a bad drummer. I, I'm pretty good, but that guy's fucking insane. So as far as aspiring to, from an unrealistic sense, Matt Garska. <laughs> but but I mean, uh, in a realistic sense, and like my most um, inspiring drummers, inspiring bands at the moment, it's a really really tough question, man. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna circle back on that in another question later. So you'll have let's, some time to, to noodle let's on do that. that. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so you, it, so you're you're on a couple of different labels, right? Um, you're with Two. New Damage, right? Uh, in Canada, yep. home. I think they I think they also work with Fu Manchu, which is they do. Yeah, yeah. Um, when, when we saw that they signed them, we were just like, "Oh shit, we're gonna play with Fu Manchu." <laughs> <laughs> Right. 
but you're also with with Fuzzarama, right? Over yeah. over in, in Europe. Um, how did you get hooked up with them? Because I mean, like their roster, I've always had a huge amount of respect for for their rock the roster. I mean, you've got Truck Fighters, Scrackleland, Witch Rider, Valley of the Sun, Swan Valley Heights. I mean, like there's no duds <laughs> on their yeah. roster. And then they got We on Buffalo too. Uh, how did you how did you get hooked up with them? Okay, okay, the long story, and I've told this, I told this a lot of times, um, but uh, truck fighters. When we were, fuck, I, I mean, we had been our early early twenties. I'm not sure how old, but that was our be all end all band. When we discovered them. We were like, holy shit! Like that was that was literally what changed Ryan and I's whole perception of what we were gonna do with the band. That that changed the name. The whole everything just went in a completely different direction after we discovered them. What what were you before truck fighters? Uh, We were trying to do some sort of like radio friendly, whatever, incubus, whatever. We won't talk about that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, we did good with it. And it was funny. I I, I fired up one of our first records with the old band. And uh, I was, you know, it was a good pat on the back. I was like, okay, yeah. I mean, you were early 20s. And I'd say it's pretty damn good. But anyway, so... Truck Fighters, when we first discovered them in the MySpace days. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's... Yeah. 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 We, uh, we fanboyed out and, and, and messaged them. We're like, we love you, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, never, never asked about getting on their roster or anything like that. But um, we sent them a few tunes from our first EP. And they're like, yeah, we dig it. It's cool, man. And... Uh, a couple months after we sent that to them, they were like, hey, can we use that song in our up-and-coming DVD? And we were like, yeah, fucking whatever. How much do we got to pay you <laughs> to get it in there? And uh, yeah, and and they did. They actually, they, they used some weird picture of Ryan and his dad sailing too, which is, I still don't know what the hell that was about, but. Was that, anyways, was that the um, DVD, was that the DVD where they got Josh, Josh from Queens to say that they were the yeah. best band in the world? That's the one. That's the right. one. So one of our tunes, and I cannot remember which which one it is, is in that. And like we lost our minds. Obviously, it was just like holy shit. Like our favorite band in the world got one of our tunes in their documentary. And then we finished up. We wrapped up our first record, and they were actually doing an East Coast United States tour. And they were like, uh, the opening band fell through. Is there any other bands that might be interested? And we like immediately were like, oh, like no visas, no, I mean, we, we weren't prepared to go do a U.S. tour. We've never done anything like that before, right? But we're like, hell yeah, we'll do it. And they were like, okay, cool. And then we realized we couldn't pull it off in time because it was a very short window, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was all good, whatever. We finished our, our next uh, LP and we sent it to them. And they were like, yeah, do you want to be on the roster? and yeah, man, like that was like a shit your pants moment. Like, uh, here, I'm gonna find. I have a photo <laughs> right here. This is the day we signed to Fuzzarama. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Blown out weed smoke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like That's that was awesome. like we were, we were like little little school kids, man. We were losing our minds. It was crazy. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, since then they've supported us and and at one point we were the uh the biggest selling artists on their roster i think we lost that crown by a, long, a landslide recently with the, that 
I never know how to say it right. Scratch a whatever. I, I think it. it I think it's Scrackoldland. Scrackoldland? Uh, yeah, I I think so. I might get butchered in the comments section, but I think it's Scrackoldland. No, you're not Swedish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is often problematic for me because I listen to like a lot of Greek bands too, and like sometimes I try to pronounce their names live and I never know how yeah. it's going to go until it comes out of my mouth. But yeah, I mean, like the the Shrek Fighter guys uh, seem like cool dudes. I mean, like uh, I I was talking to Valley of the Sun once, and their experience was like, I think they I'm I'm going to butcher this because this conversation happened two years ago. It's it's in writing somewhere on on the Monster Rip website. But they had like wanted to hang out with truck fighters and we're just like, Hey, next time, like you're over in the States, let us know. We'd love to tour with you. And then they let them know when they were in the States and touring again and they toured with them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's actually kind of funny. Cause like, uh, truck fighters kind of cycle through drummers and, uh, uh, Aaron from Valley of the sun went, he did, uh, I think it was a U.S. tour. Yeah. It would have been a U.S. tour with truck fighters as the drummer. And there was like multiple Buzzerama artists, uh, drummers that that had all you know worn the truck fighters hat and did the tours and whatnot and I was like or it was uh it was it was Nicholas it was like you'll be up one day <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know maybe awesome. one day I'll get a call like hey Carter come on you're you're on tour with us uh that'd be great I now that I think about it too I mean like as you try to describe your your sound to people um, I think for people who are like kind of in the space, just like being able to say that you're on Fuzzarama is kind of a way of describing your sound. Because I feel like the, the Fuzzarama sound is pretty well established. You have some like parameters yeah. that you have to work in, but it's all like heavy fuzz. However, you might want to define heavy fuzz. Yeah, no, that's 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 well said. Um, I feel like we are all sort of in that sort of, I, I want to say niche. Yeah, I guess it's kind of niche. We're We're all in that same sort of realm. Mm-hmm. We all fit, we all fit well together. Like if it was a, you know, a Fuzzarama Fest, which there was, I think, not even a month ago. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would say that everyone in the audience, if they like one Fuzzarama band, they probably like them all. You know? Yeah, yeah, I would I would have to agree. So mm-hmm. we've we've covered um, <laughs> this is sort of like a roundabout way. We've covered a great deal of of band history. Um, when you when you kind of like look back over your output over the years, um, do you have a, like a, a certain like EP or LP that you think kind of stands out among everything else? Uh, I mean, yeah, obviously I do. Um, which one is it though? <laughs> I mean, it, it's hard to say which one I I, I like the best. Um, I'd say our first LP, probably honestly, just because to me that felt like we'd found where we wanted to be sonically like we we'd established and and yeah there's tunes on there that like we don't ever play live but i'm like so proud of them and you know they they were just like they were like the jumping off points for how things were going to progress down the road Mm -hmm. and uh yeah man like i i uh yeah i would say that that's my most proud record for sure. And that's the one with uh, 21st Century and like The Search, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Yourself. I think that's self-titled, right? Yeah. The, and and uh, The Search. The Search was the first tune that we wrote where when we finally wrote it, which actually was not, it didn't take long. Um, that's when we were like, 
okay, everything else that we've ever done and we're trying to do is just throw it in the garbage. This is the new direction. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt, that was the jumping off, you know, so now you, we're wearing new boots and we're going this way. <laughs> <laughs> so did did the search shape that album or did it kind of shape your sound moving forward? Both. Wow. Yeah, it was a game changer for sure. That's amazing. How did yeah. how did you stumble upon that sound? I mean, was it just kind of listening to like the truck fighters and then like devouring everything in that space? Or were you exactly. like kind of Tinkering. I mean, it sounds like Ryan's pretty good at probably tinkering at, at different noises and playing around with pedals. For sure. And and like Ryan was still trying to do his whole looping crazy shit back then. And, you know, he's getting his feet wet with that. But um, back in those days, like the way I used to search for music and like I'm I'm a total OCD like nutcase with searching for new music. I like still to this day, and I probably will till I friggin' die. I cannot ever stop searching for new music. But back in that day, the early days of Amazon, and you go search for like CDs to, to buy, and you find an artist, and then you scroll to the bottom, and it'd be like artists like yeah. this, right? And that those were the, the tools we had to search for music back then. And uh, yeah, it, it was, it, it probably wasn't truck fighters that we found right away, but we started down that rabbit hole and we were like okay whoa like like this whole stoner thing we weren't overly familiar with it you know and um yeah we just started discovering all these bands that sounded you know in this agreeable like we really like this like this is the path we want to go down and and for sure without without question truck fighters was like the epitome like that was the top of the heap for us mm -hmm. it's weird like like i say like i'm this total like constant digging for music and i'm all genres like everything but i still get that same you know like overly excited thrill thrill when i find something and and it, it's something that's like it's been with me my whole life you know since i was a little kid raised by a drummer too and and we just you know it's just music is food for the soul man oh my god it's the best right because uh you, you build community around i mean that's all the whole reason we're having this conversation right but i mean like you find exactly. something you love and then you turn to somebody you love and you say listen to this i want you to love it too and the totally. cycle just this continues it's funny that um Truck Fighters was kind of like your your gateway to all of this because my 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 first introduction to this space was uh, was Clutch in high school and I was like this is cool but I'm just gonna leave it where it is I was still like really deep into like grunge and like 90s alt rock and stuff so Clutch was like cool for what it was and then my brother showed me Caius and I was like this is cool I'm not really yeah. sure I'm ready for this yet but this is cool. And then I think like maybe a year went by and I found truck fighters and I just started digging and digging and digging and yeah, digging. Man. And then I went back and revisited Caius and Clutch and I was like, I get it. This is yeah. awesome. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, but that was kind of like the first band that I really got like sucked into, especially with like Gravity X. I mean, that album's oh, a jam. Boy. Huge, huge record. Yeah. 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 Like, uh, like even like Queens of Stone Age, like um, the first record, which I want to say is rated R. I think rated R is their second. Their self-titled was first. That's right. I think okay. I think it was ninety-eight. Um, that was their. So when they when they came out, um, 
I remember seeing, okay, so no, it's the album with No One Knows on it. I remember the first time I heard that song, I was actually, I watched the music video and I was like, who the fuck are these guys? Mm -hmm. Um, But it was still in that exploratory kind of, you know, just devouring everything that was coming at me. And, And I never really totally dug into Queens until like a bit later. And then like Queens and Caius, they became like, the one of the biggest influences hands down hands down mm-hmm. and like one of my favorite bands of all times is queens just yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. so you have uh done quite a bit of, of work over the years uh you've gotten to travel a little bit too i mean you were at uh the london desert fest i think a, a couple years ago right yeah. um i don't know ha- have you yeah, what's what's that like on the ground, like being there? Well, it was our first time in in London in the UK, and oh, it was nuts. That was that was our I want to say our first show. No, no, I think it was like our third show on that tour. And we got there, we got out of the bus. The first person I see is one of my friends from Langley. Here, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I knew she was there, but it was like. Blew my mind, and uh, and then we got into the festival, and it's a multi-venue thing, and yeah, and but it was, it felt like such a stoner rock community, and that's one thing that I really like about our band and our fans and everything is it feels such like a solid community. Like everybody is, you never see fights at any of these shows. Everyone's just like, you know, it's these niche cool people. <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah going from you know a couple of venues and like it it was very surreal being being there and and just i mean it's like it's desert fest like holy shit we're playing desert fest right Mm -hmm. and we were in one of the smaller venues but man when we got in there like you could barely breathe and there was (sighs) people that there was people like big time fans were messaging us that they said they thought they were gonna pass out they actually had to leave during our set like it was balls to the wall like end to end it was people climbing on people it was it was it was madness it was the perfect introduction <laughs> to london and yeah it was it, it, to date it's in my probably in my top five shows that's awesome yeah surreal uh, man for that's sure. so cool um i can't even imagine i mean i've been in like crowded shows before and i've like been uncomfortable but then it's like to feel like the bass running through you and stuff i, I mean that's that's got to be pretty intense yeah actually i'll back up here because that wasn't our first desert fest we played um uh desert fest berlin mm. three years before at 2016 and we were the first band on on the main stage on the first day and it was our first show and yeah, it's it's I'm going to say the third closest I came to shit myself on stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. They, and they literally had the curtain and they, they blasted open the curtain. And I, I mean, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't nervous as hell. Well, the, yeah, you, the you said the tone. Cool for, for being the first day and the first band on, like it was early. They blasted open the curtains and I was like, oh shit, there's like 1,500 people here. Like, whoa. <laughs> you know when you when you start a tour like obviously you rehearse beforehand but you gotta especially in europe and that was our first first european tour um there's nerves there for sure not not like normal nerves too because it's just like everything is foreign you're in a foreign country you, you you know there's no safety net of anything 
mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it was a weird feeling. And, and yeah, we had to definitely like, I fucked up a, a few times. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> do you, when, when you're on tour and you're kind of like in those unfamiliar places, do you have like a routine that you, you run through pre-show? It's tough to, to, to get a routine and it's, it's good to get a routine when you're on tour, especially like a healthy sort of like workout regimen. Mm-hmm. And I always generally do that. I stretch actually not generally. I, I always stretch out like crazy. I'm pushing 40. So yeah, I need to, but uh, th- yeah, this stretching, bit of exercise that's become more of a, uh, a regular thing that I do before shows. Yeah. Uh, Europe, Europe's uh, a lot different than Canada in that like you could be playing you know a sold out venue in any city in Canada you know thousand people and you'll get like three drink tickets <laughs> for the band but in Europe they shove beer down your throat like like they encourage you to empty the fridge so they could fill it again <laughs> so so and, and you know i mean it, touring is a lot of driving and you know sitting on your ass but yeah. It, it 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 tires you out really quick so usually i'd say our pre-show routine or my pre-show routine stretch it out drink some beer and just like try to not think about what you're gonna do <laughs> you know that, that i think going into it as blind as you can as long as you know the set obviously and it's, it's muscle right. memory for me i've played all the songs a billion times uh you know you, you know you're gonna get through it whether it's gonna be amazing or not who knows but but yeah, you know, it's it's generally it's just kind of veg out. Yeah. Try not to think too much. Try not to overthink too much. Is there is there anywhere you haven't played yet that you would you would love to get to in your career? Well, funny enough, being a band for as long as we've been a band, we've never played in the States. Never. Really? Yeah, it's it's really weird. And when we tell other bands, like on our level or you know, blah, blah, blah. It, it tell anyone that knows us. They're like, why have you not played the States? Hmm. And there's a lot of reasons why. Uh, we've had some offers. Um, I feel like the pay-to-play hmm. thing has come down the pike a few times. And we just don't do that. We, mm-hmm. we do not do that at all. We don't pay to play. We don't pay for, you know, Instagram fans or Facebook fans. Everything is as organic as it can possibly. Well, everything is one hundred million percent organic right we had a, a couple of solid offers that we were very much considering um but it was around the time when they the u.s government they changed all the rules and made it super difficult for bands to get down there which i mean it still is right and it's mm-hmm. very expensive i think around that time we just said to hell with it like you know it's not not really that worth it and uh, not to say that we haven't found anything that's, that's worth going down for, but I don't know, we've just been kind of particular with it, I guess. One day, mm-hmm. maybe, who knows? I, I, no, I can't say maybe. We, we will hit the States. We will, for sure. Shitloads of fans in all kinds of states. All, all states are, you know, constantly telling us, like, come to, come to California, come to Texas, come to blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, like the state of the world right now with the pandemic and shit i personally would not cross the border yeah i well, probably no i definitely would not cross yeah. the border right now 
I, uh, I mean, I don't even go outside sometimes because I'm in the United States. So yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm total, total introvert hermit these days. <laughs> because of COVID, but, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it's a, it's a tricky thing right now. Um, I feel for a lot of these cities down South, like it's gotta be tough. I mean, I, I feel like, uh, with the pandemic up here, it's, it's, incomparable to a lot of the states mm. and uh it sucks and it makes touring tough and yeah and i mean the border they don't they don't make it easy on any mm. Canadian bands you know like if we wanted to go dip down to seattle or something and do a show we'd have to do it like low pro hide your merch you know like hide your merch like it's like a kilo of cocaine or something because We've heard horror stories, like absolute horror stories of bands that have gone down and done all their due diligence and, you know, missed one little thing. And like, I've heard of bands have all their merch torn up right in front of them by border guards. Oh my like, God. It's crazy. They do not make it easy. And, and it's sad because it's like, dude, we just want to come down and play music, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. It's tricky because everyone, everyone's clamoring for live music. I, I think yeah. that's I think that's happening on on both sides, both with the bands and with the fans. But totally, man, totally. And, and like, I'm not seeing nearly as many bands touring in in Canada or well in Vancouver. Like, all them witches is coming next month, and I I don't yeah. know how I missed that, but like in our sort of realm, I I think that's one of the first American bands that I've seen. That's oh really? Come up coming up here since the pandemic started one yeah of well so, i mean it's 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 tricky because like i mean just like especially over the summer with a few of the festivals i mean how many of them got canceled or a band would drop out because somebody got sick or because somebody got sick while they were like in the bus with like another band or something like that and people totally. just drop off one by one and then suddenly the whole festival's ruined because your headliner is yeah. gone or something like that and it's i don't know what yeah, the solution I mean, is at this point getting sick on tour is probably like <laughs> one of the worst things that you could ever endure. Cause you're just like, it's like, okay, cool. I have the worst flu and I'm stuck in a little cube on a, on a bus or in the backseat in, in a, in a van. Like we took Cliff to a hospital in Portugal. We thought the guy was going to die, man. He had some crazy like lung infection. It was like pre-pneumonia. Oh my and it's God. Like, like, what the hell do you do in, in that, that situation? Right. It's like you're, like you're on your way to your next show and like, and it never matters how much time is in between. It could be like, okay, dude, the, the venue is only six hours away from us and we have like 12 hours of driving time. And that's with like a great night's sleep the night before. Well, something's always going to go wrong <laughs> and you'll always get there, you know, like at the, at the best, case scenario you'll get there like an hour before <laughs> yeah right and then the sound guy's late because i mean because they're always late and then <laughs> you know you're just like it's ah the fuck touring is touring is a uh, not many people can do it i i can say that with confidence <laughs> I, i'm so fascinated by the touring touring lifestyle uh because i think like i think on one hand um we have like a tendency to kind of like romanticize it like oh you're going on tour like that's so cool you're gonna see the world but then like the brutality of it no. is like sit down for 12 hours a day as you move to another city and then go play 
in front of a thousand yeah. people who will be pissed if you don't do well and then get back in the van and like find a place to, like a walmart to sleep in or something before you drive in the morning so like oh, it doesn't like, it doesn't sound physically comfortable no no it really isn't it really isn't and and yeah and like the hospitality in europe is so crazy so you're you're always well fed uh well not always there's definitely been days where it's like it's two in the morning and you're on your way to an airbnb and you're like what do we eat we haven't eaten in six hours <laughs> and you're like fuck we're gonna eat a bag of chips from the vending <laughs> you know but uh but i think that the the one thing i've taken away from touring over the years that that really kind of like best best describes it, the best indicator of of how um ah fuck how do i say this okay i'm just gonna say this there's been so many cities we've played in where you run into an old buddy or you know you're going to meet up with an old buddy or group of friends or whatever, and they're so stoked. They're like, yes, you know, you're coming to town. Uh, I get to see you play. We're, we'll hang out in the green room beforehand and blah, blah, blah. And it's like three quarters way through your tour. So you played like 20 shows or something. And you show up to the venue and you know that they're like in there or they're going to be there soon. And you just, you like hitting your stomach. You just like, I do not want to have to be on, you know, for my friend, like it's my friend. I'm stoked to see my friend, but they always want to, they always want to do shots and party and go nuts. And you're like, I've been doing that every night for 20 days. And, and yeah, it's, that's one really kind of shitty thing. That's like, it's it's unavoidable you know you're mm-hmm. <laughs> you're always gonna your fans are always way more enthused than you are and you really gotta put it <laughs> on sometimes you really do yeah. lucky, lucky for for the music end of things like for me personally uh when we play it doesn't matter if i'm hungover or sick or whatever um i'll fucking give it a hundred and fifty fucking million percent every time uh and talking about being sick we were in um we we're in france um everybody got sick with this horrible <sighs> flu like like barfing insane like crazy and on top of that there was like a horrible like like fevery just death flu going around so there's two just awful sicknesses going around and i caught the horrible death uh fever one and uh, this is with truck fighters and we we're playing at fuzz fest. It was called fuzz fest. Um, and I was so stoked cause, um, we're playing with, I can't remember who it was. Anyways, we we're playing with some killer bands and I was so sick that I was trying to help load in and whatever. And the guy, everyone was like, Carter, man, just go back to the bus, go, go sleep. Like you look like death. And so I did, I slept in the bus you know, nervous as shit about the show that I'm I'm gonna be like 103 fever playing, oh. you know, in front of a sold out big ass room, right? But um I'll never forget it. Got up on stage, it was really, really well lit room. Like the house lights, it was almost like the house lights were on all the time. So I could actually, and it wasn't lights abrasively in my face, I could actually see a lot of the crowd. And right up front was this little kid. He had to have been like, I don't know, 10 years old with the big earmuffs on and his dad. And they were pushed right up against the rail, mosh pit going on, it's fucking nuts. And that kid would not take his eyes off me. Like, just drilled into me. And I was like, 
like it felt like if I fucked up in front of this kid, it'd be like career suicide. <laughs> so, and it wasn't the best show of that tour, but it was very close to the best show of that tour. And I remember finishing and like, I was just like pure sweat oh. and death. And everyone was like, go have a shower and go back to the bus, man. We'll, we'll load out. And I remember just looking at the kid, like, I hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> did he seem into it? Like, did he smile at anything? Dude, like deadpan the whole time. And, and actually um, truck fighters were awesome enough um nicholas saw them up front because he was doing the same thing when truck fighters were playing which they were headlining the night and he called them backstage and got to meet the band and it was really cool it was very ah, cool that's I, awesome I hat went off to nicholas for that yeah um and uh and yeah and i was in the green room i was leaving the shower and i was i saw the kid and i was like <laughs> fucking kid <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean he may be really true for through it yeah, that's great. Maybe maybe he just really likes drummers or something. Who knows, man? But yeah, <laughs> I'm glad he was there because yeah, he pushed me to just. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, if you um, so you've you've obviously shared the the stage with a lot of different bands. If you could pick any two bands, active or inactive, living or dead, to play with, who would you pick? Active or inactive, living or dead? Yeah uh queens is, is definitely yeah. that's yeah like that that popped into my mind with like no question uh i mean i'll, I'll pick a dead band too because shit that that leaves lots of options i don't know man it's tough to say like on the high spectrum like i'd love to play with like ozzy you know? oh, yeah for sure yeah yeah I, I and i i like mismatched lineups like if i was to pick if someone was to say you know, pick any band you want to play with right now. We'll make it happen. I would more than likely pick something that doesn't sound like us, mm -hmm. you know, more in the, in our realm, in our realm, but yeah, not something that sounds like us, you know, and yeah. out, out of all of us in the band, uh, I listen to the more, the most obscure shit for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like tool would be, would be a really good one to play with for sure. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. Fu Manchu, that's that's the next goal. And that's probably the more realistic. <laughs> very, yeah, it could be very yeah. realistic for you now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That would be that would be really cool. Um Hell yeah. All right. So with with that in mind, with you being the most uh obscure one in the band, um what were the last three albums you listened to that got you excited? Last three that got me excited. Man, that's so tough. That's so tough. I'm going to, I'm going to flip it then. So it's a little bit easier. Who who have you listened to today? Like what's, what's like fresh in, in your head today? Uh, today was animals as leaders. I, I got a pretty oh, perfect. fairly Time long commute. Uh, I'm 40 kilometers, 80 kilometers to and from work. And uh, today I listened to the always sunny podcast <laughs> and animals as leaders. And, and yeah, like I said, I've, I've gone down the rabbit hole of them before, but, their latest shit is just it's like absolutely mind-boggling. Um, King Gizzard and mm -hmm. the Lizard Wizard. That band, like, so quickly became my favorite band of all time. Hands down. If if you haven't seen live at Melbourne, Mel, Mel, 
Australians are going to hate me. Melbourne. <laughs> Mel- Melbourne. <laughs> if you haven't seen that, like, make that priority. That band is, they're just a bunch of wizards, man. Just unreal. Just what I, um, what I appreciate about Tin Gizzard is like, I don't, I don't know if it would be fair for anybody to say, I don't like King Gizzard. I think you say like, I don't like this album from King Gizzard. Totally. Because totally. they, they, they're just like all over the place and they have an they, album every, for everybody. Every, yeah. They've touched yeah. every genre. So like, okay, totally. you don't like 90% of King Gizzard. Well, you're going to like this one. Yeah. You got a lot to choose from. Definitely one of the more fascinating bands. In, in oh, for sure. For sure. That um, unrelenting, pulsing, just, ah, uh, and like the microtonal. Uh, Ryan got into the, to King Giz and actually crazy story. So he's, he wanted to get a microtonal guitar. And I guess there's only like a handful of guys that build like, you know, reputable microtonal guitars. Well, he found one that lived in the town over from him. And like oh. this dude actually builds them and like, like he's, he's known, right? So you got a microtonal guitar from a guy like 15 minutes away from him. That's so funny. Very cool. Very cool. And like the plan, the plan um, with the band was to do a microtonal album. I don't know if it'll ever happen. Who knows? Uh, but if anyone's going to be able to pull off writing some cool microtonal shit, it's Ryan. Like, yeah. Ryan's like. the kind of guy you hand him an instrument. You hand him like a kid's toy that he could loop with his pedal and his guitar. And he'll find a way like immediately to make it fucking awesome he's a Mm -hmm. wizard and watching him sort of develop his sound and and his ability to produce that sound over the years like as far as live shows go especially too um with his minimal gear like that's that that's i would say half of we hunt buffalo you know it's Mm -hmm. just it's ryan and his guitars and his crazy looping like he's a he's a god of that shit if he if he one day decided to quantize which i think in his mind i feel like it almost feels like to him it would feel like like he's cheating (laughs) you know because it's like he wants to make it a little more difficult (laughs) and and like mad respect for that because like who would want to do that Mm -hmm. would want to do that because he's nuts but if he ever decided to just say fuck it i'm gonna start quantizing shit and you know the the ease of of him able him being able to pick up on things i think the sky's the limit with that dude <laughs> he'll come up with a masterpiece yeah yeah you you'd know, have even bigger shows than that one. yeah <laughs> um so before we kind of wrap up here um i know you have a demo you have some you have some demos in the works. Um, mm-hmm. I think you also have a couple of live shows coming up. We we do we do um, Cumberland and uh, Victoria on the twentieth and twenty first. I should double check those dates. Yeah, it's it's weird right now. Like it's every day. It's, it's we're just waiting for the for bringing government to, provincial government to say yeah sorry not happening. Right. But so far we're okay. We're okay. But uh but yeah, Cumberland and Victoria and we absolutely love playing both cities. They're fantastic. That is January 24th or 21st in Victoria at the Lucky Bar and then yeah. January 22nd in Cumberland at the Waverly. That's okay. right. That's right. That's it. Okay. Uh Lucky Bar, Victoria. That's one of my favorite places to play too. Crowds in Victoria are always awesome. 
I think the last time we played, last two times we played that we sold out. Oh, cool. Ho- hoping that'll happen again. Yeah. Good. But I like it's, it's, all, it's all just like cross your fingers and hope to hell that, you know, like. Yeah. yeah it sucks because like you're, you what, you're like nine days away. Like hopefully things don't change uh, too fast. Um, I will, I, I will. Like we're, we're by the minute, like with it, with everything. Yeah. Like you just never friggin' know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to try to get this episode out before that show. But if anyone's listening and it's like March, sorry. <laughs> um, so to, to kind of last thing to touch on today, um, you'd mentioned earlier, you guys have a few things in the works. Um, you have some demos done. What, uh, what can you tell us about the sound that you're producing these days? To me, it feels very much like head smashed in. Um, there's a few tunes that we were jamming on in Europe, our, our last Europe go, and and we jam on on all, all the shows we played as of recent. Um, nothing feels like overly experimental, but I think it's it's all sounding like really fucking solid. We hunt buffalo, and I'm very stoked on finishing writing these songs because a lot of them are you know they're they're sort of just like. ABC, you know, just get get all the the parts out there and make sure they all fit together. We mm-hmm. haven't dove into you know really weaving them together and making you know our our songs, but but yeah, it really feels it's like a a minor continuation, a minor evolution of our sound, you know. Um, but I'm so stoked on all of it, man, because it all feels it all feels very much like us, you know. Good. That's feels awesome. Like something that we've we've been down this road before, but you know, we've taken a little different detour here and there. But mm. yeah, we're stoked. We're stoked. Any are there any dates to to get into the studio anytime soon? Or are you guys still kind of putting your putting the songs together? No, no dates as of yet. Um I I think once we are able, it's not that we're not able to, but once we're more comfortable getting together, like Ryan's got a little little one little baby yeah we don't want to you know we want to make sure that you know if we are because we, we we always go to, to ryan's to rehearse um but when we know that it's safer and we can get together for a long period of time and 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 really dive into these tunes then we'll figure that out and cool. who knows it's just it's just like the rest of our lives it's just all fucking up in the air man <laughs> right right <laughs> Um, and if, if anybody wants to learn more about you, uh, where should they go? Where should they follow you? Uh, we're on all of it, man. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm, I'm not a fan of Twitter. Ryan's on that shit, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Hit us up on, on all the socials. We're, we're there. We're there. Perfect. We're, we're, we're not super, super active at the moment. No, we're not. We're not active really at all on any of our socials. And I think your website is just wehumpbuffalo.com too. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. Very clean, well put together. So that's another good place to to learn everything we hunt buffalo related. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much for being on the show today, man. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. <laughs>